Hey everybody, it's me, A.S. Cobb, again with Blacklight Communication Strategies and the podcast, Keep Calm and Work It Out. Let's just jump right back into part three of our social emotional learning series, um, The Missing Piece. This is with Anthony Barker, one of my former students, recent high school graduate and freshman in college at the University of Houston. Let's get right back in where we left off at. High expectations yield high results. Low expectations yield low results. So um, as educators, we got to keep the expectations high. And even if you feel that the student can't do it, you still got to push them. But like not in an aggressive way, in a very loving way, because um, I always say I was good at everything except for math. In college, I had to take statistics. And the only way that I got through statistics after taking it, I won't even tell you how many times, but I had to look at statistics as a language and I had to relate it to my major, which was communications. So I realized that communication is a new um, social science that they've been studying only since the 60s, as opposed to like, you know, hundreds of years for psychology and other stuff. And the way that they quantify and qualify their information and their research is through statistics. So knowing that that's the life that I was going to be in, I had to wrap my head around statistics. So I know that maybe it may sound convoluted or short story long, but that's how I um, attack it with students is try to find a way to, as we say, teach the total child, the total child, realizing that I've got this curriculum and I've got this student. How do I get this curriculum into this student and let them know that you can wear this curriculum with you. You can take it through these doors when you leave here and take it through every door for the rest of your life. And it's not the easiest thing to do. Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder, but you gotta give yourself time to do the work and stuff and treat the students like individuals. And, you know, because I could never hold you to the standard that I would hold Sean to or, you know, anybody else. You know, you guys are two different people you have similarities, but you're different. And as educators, you know, I feel too many times we're like, hey, everybody under the tent, you know, like we have this one way of teaching, everybody fits under the tent and they don't fit under the tent. And what happens is kids, their self-esteem takes a hit. And once you a kid loses that self-esteem, it's gonna be real hard to triage that and get them back up to where they're performing again. So it's important that you engage them. And, and if I can say, and love me. Mm -hmm. uh, I have another podcast, which is called Love is the Answer. So I'll put these together. And I really truly mean that love is the answer. And if you're not doing it with love, why are you doing it? And why are you expecting any other um, result other than what you're getting if you're not doing it with love? So if you're teaching, do it with love or find something else to do because the kids don't deserve that. Absolutely not. Do it with love or don't do it with all do it at all and uh, I'm going off of what you said I never was your student the, I think the listeners should should know that I, I I never took your your professional communications class but I was always around and I'd walk into your class sometimes and and just hear how you're always constantly reminding the students you're at the one of the highest performing schools in, the, in uh, Houston and just reminding them how special they are how important they are you seeing you communicate with your students uh as and treating them as an individual not just a number not just a statistic and i feel that that definitely engages them and 
yeah just everything that you said i, I agree entirely yeah man you are really good for my podcast man you keep me you know <laughs> going and thinking about stuff but yes i would always say you know you attend one of the highest performing schools in the ninth largest district in the state of texas and our district has the second largest bus fleet in the great state of texas so i would say that so the kids remember we got something special here get in where you fit in and make something out yourself because we've got so many opportunities look at all the things that you've done we have the opportunities but you know what say you have nothing else to brag about in your life that happens unfortunately the one thing that you can tell them i attend one of the highest performing schools in the ninth largest district in the state of texas and your chest is just gonna just swell up and stuff because it's something that is prideful and i think sometimes we lose sight of that and that is one reason why i don't have uh, discipline issues in my classroom because I remind the kids like you said that you are special um, I'm not sending kids out of the office if I send a kid to the office they will throw the book at them because they know that they've blown through all my fail safes and I've been giving them chance after chance so it's just like all they need to do is just see my signature on there and they're just like bam in school suspension or suspended so I, I do like that I spend a lot of time and effort trying to figure out how to work with um, with our student populations and keeping them motivated. And, you know, I talk a lot and I come from a lot of different ways because, you know, I have a lot of Southern sayings and I could teach a whole class just with Southern sayings, Cobbisms, they call it. Um, and, you know, I go with statistics, I'll go with stories, news stories, current events and stuff because everything doesn't work for everybody. So if I mm -hmm. say it five different ways, then you know what, I might have five different um, students on five different levels. So it'll hit each one of them, you know, and if not, I'll find a way to make it work for them and stuff. But yeah, I like that. What What do you think is, is something important about, about you or something that you went through that, that helps you connect with your students, that, that helps you understand them to a certain degree and and be there for them and, and not only for the students but you also help other educators you know become better and thrive and, and learn what, what do you think is is helped you become that well thank you for that as well but um one we can look at the most obvious factor and that is that i am black i am um i'm a black man and you know i've gone my whole life being a black man and you know i'm not one to say woe is me and i'm very not i'm very slow to pull in the race card when things happen but i've seen my rights get treaded upon i've seen opportunities being taken away from me or hidden from me or not offered to me and i know what the world is like out there and so without telling the students all of that i always try to remind them you know um don't forget who you are don't forget where you come from and if you come from nothing this is your opportunity to change that. So I think being a minority and um, experience what I've experienced, like I didn't go through the civil rights movement. I never had to march for anything, um, but you know, I grew up partly in Oakland and partly in uh, Waller County. So the city and the country, and it's drastically different, drastically mm -hmm. different. And people, <laughs> I always tell students the first day of class, when people see you, they've already made their mind up about who, what, how, and why you are. Are you going to prove them right? Or are you going to change the game, shake it up a little bit? So I think the color thing 
and also like you know coming from a family that didn't have a lot of money um but we had everything we needed we didn't have everything we wanted you know we didn't have the best of what we needed but we had everything that we needed and i saw how hard my mother worked and sacrificed for us so i also tell the students on the first day you know if anybody ever sacrificed for you you make them proud and right here is where you can do it because with communication communication is everywhere communication is everything and everything is communication so i always try to reiterate that so my minority status my um impoverished upbringing and oh my gosh everything my spirituality my love of god um and my reminding my constant reminder that he's there he's watching and he's helping and he can transform any situation any situation if you let him if you let go and let god and i guess the final thing would be uh, just love i have this amazing ability to know when someone needs love i have this amazing abundance of love and i'm not the perfect person i got an evil streak that you wouldn't even believe but i have a lot of love and i try to spread that and that's definitely helpful um, because again, if you're not doing it with love, why are you doing it? And why are you expecting some type of a positive, you know, reaction to what you're doing if you're not doing it with love? So, and when the students show that love back, they may not always know how, but they do in their own way. It might be like a side smile or a smirk or something, or, um, you know, a kid pick up a piece of paper or something, or, you know, pass by my room on the way to lunch, you know, and just stick their head in the window or whatever, just... <laughs> It's kind of creepy, but they just want to see Mr. Cobb and get a wave or something. And, you know, and I'll wave back and stuff. So I don't know. It's no day is the same. So every day you just come with a bag, you know, and you just mm -hmm. go in that bag and pull out whatever trick works at that time for whatever student. And what worked yesterday isn't necessarily going to work today, you know. So mm -hmm. so I think that comes to another point of being vigilant, paying attention to what's going on in your classroom, what's going on with the kids. Uh, for example, there's this one student and I just pulled him aside and I was like, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's okay. What do you mean? I was like, just forgive me. I was like, but I've never seen you in need of a haircut. And his eyes got big. I was like, and you know, I've never seen you without your jeans starched and stuff like that. And you don't look bad, but I'm just saying this isn't you. And he just verbal diarrhea he just let loose and he was like i can't believe you called me out on that i was like no nah, i wasn't doing anything you know i wasn't trying to be mean he was like no but mr cobb i've been going through so much and he starts telling what's going on at the home what's going on on his job and stuff what's going on with his friends what's going on with his girlfriend and just because i took time to pay attention to what's going on because there's so many signs out there and we got to be able to see the signs and again kids need to know students need to know that i see you you know, and your life is important, you know, and I want them to know that their life is important to me. You know what you're doing in your life. It means something to me because you're going to be representing me in the future. What you're representing me now as a student, but then in the future, you're going to be representing me, you know, um, in the world. So let's make it the best that we can. Spread love, spread positivity, make it great. And if you're not making it great, what you're making it. Hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It's funny you say that. I've heard teachers before say like, oh, you messed up if you disappointed Mr. Cobb. 
Like that. <laughs> and, and that's the last thing that students want to do is disappoint you because you put in so much effort, so much work into your students. Um, you know, it, the last thing that they want to do is dis- disappoint you. Um, you have students who uh, already graduated and are attending um, a great school like Texas A&M. I think, I think you know who I'm referring to. Nary How does that yes. feel? How does that feel? Him grow up. And, and of course, it's a little bit different. I just graduated. You know, I just became an adult recently. Him who already graduated. What is this? His second year at a Second A&M? year. Yes. How does that feel? Uh, amazing. Um, side note, he's talking about a young man named Narius Jarrell Ned. And Narius, in the history of our school since the 1940s, is the most decorated member of our speech and debate team in the history of the school. No one has ever won any as many trophies as him or has as many points with the National Speech and Debate Association. Um, he is at the level of distinction with the National Speech and Debate Association. And that's awesome. Um, And that means so much to me because Narius came when I had the team for the first year. People weren't even sure that we had a team, Um, but we had a team. So basically we had a team, but we had to start from scratch. And Narius was one of those people that came in kicking doors down and like changing the game. And he made speech and debate be cool and Oh, man. And to see him go on to um, A&M, I was very involved and in, uh, trying to get his letters of recommendation done. And, you know, I'm constantly thinking and praying and, you know, uh, working with his mom and, you know, another counselor and stuff. And I just wanted to do more for him because like, oh, gosh, I almost want to cry. But like he'll never know like how much he did. It's the love of my life, man. Uh, speech and debate. And for him to be able to come in there and take what I love and take it to another level to where like I'm getting, you know, recognized in awards and stuff. And all I did was just, you know, cuss them out every now and again, you know, be like, that wasn't good enough. You know? <laughs> so like, it means the world to me. And, um, you know, and he does too, much like you guys, I'm, I'm just so proud of the relationships that I've built and what you guys are gone off to do. And, you know, he still, you know, blows up my phone and stuff. And, um, now he knows where I live. So, you know, he'll pop by and stuff. And, um, it is wonderful, man. It really makes me feel like I'm doing what God has purposed me to do. And I don't have any doubts about it because with so much positivity coming from it, it's gotta be right, you know? And I just remember a time, like even before I started working at the school, like things were really bad. Like I was so broke. Um, my friends paid my bills. Thank you, Lord, you know, for blessing me with a great group of people. Um, but I came to the school and my life turned around and I'll never forget it. I'll never take it for granted. And I don't let the students take it for granted either, because I know that had I made one decision different, I would be somewhere else. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Um, even when I finish work and I take off my ID badge and my keys, sometimes I want to just throw them. And I never do that because I honestly feel like I'm so fortunate to have this job and even the keys and my ID badge, I want to respect it and appreciate it. So I try to hang them up, you know, in a place that's respectable. And, you know, it's just little things like that. I I just don't take it for granted. And for you to say stuff like that, that means that you see that I don't take it for granted. And I know I'm not the only one. I know you have other teachers 